Is end of the year discounting for a company, is that a good idea or a bad idea? Um, it certainly sets a precedence. I mean, discounting as a whole is a, is a challenging conversation. Okay, so we're going to change the conversation from end of the year. This, this, okay, we're going to, I'm going to find some meat here somewhere, Mike. You're like, you're like, I'm just trying, no, I'm just trying to make it difficult for you because you're, you're you asking, are, you're succeeding. You're, you're asking an open-ended question job. and I'm giving you an open-ended answer. Mike. Doug. Can you believe, can you believe it is December already? Man, year went by fast. Even even bigger than that, can you believe that Max Scherzer is a Met? I didn't. I I, I heard the rumblings, but I did not know that that uh, that 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 came to play. Oh, you didn't hear? No, you didn't hear about was his it, contract. Uh, it, what was it? A hundred and something million or something? I knew it was three, in. I knew it was in play. Three years, one hundred thirty million. Forty-three point three million. He's set the record. Thirty-seven-year-old pitcher. Wow. Who, who couldn't go out for his last appearance. And of course, I love what he said yesterday was that the reason that he couldn't pitch was because when he got traded to the Dodgers, they throttled him a little bit to save him. And because he didn't pitch more, it took away his capacity to pitch. I'm not sure that that works from a kinesiology perspective, but, but you got all the next, but $43.3 million set, you know, the new single season, uh, single season mark. And good for good for Max though. And a day later, baseball is locked out. Yeah. Yeah. I but did see I, that. So you're like, so you're okay that he's a Met? You're okay with that? Well, I mean, I, I I certainly don't like the fact that he's a Met, but you know, he's a good dude. So when he throws, when he pitches, are you rooting for him when he pitches? Let's say when he's not like not against the Nats. Are you rooting for him when he pitches? Well, no, because I can't Hell really know. Uh, uh, well, I, I I will I will root for him until the until the reliever comes in. How's that? No. You, well, if you root for him until the reliever comes in, the the reliever might not come in. A. Well, that that is true. <laughs> and B, you know, see, I'm old school. You root for the name on the front of the jersey, not, not on the back. back, not on the back. So, it is December. That's kind of the focus for today, isn't it? It is. Fast year, fast year. You know, yes, and. Oh, uh, well, every, I mean, yes, isn't every and. I mean, fast? roller coaster. Isn't every fast? What's that? Isn't every year fast? Yeah, and they, they seem to be getting faster and faster. Well, do you, do you know why that is? You know, that actually is. There, there, yes, there is. There's parts of your brain that, that caused this to happen. Well, there's actually something that's more fundamental than that which is when you're nine and you turn 10, that year was 10% of your life. 10% of your life. When you're 49 and you turn 50, that year was 2% of your life. Mm -hmm. So it was a much shorter period. So it is actually going by faster, but. That, that, that is true, but there, there are also some brain components yeah. that are happening. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's amazing how fast it's gone by, but. It's not like, I mean, most people that I'm talking to are, are tired and are probably more tired. I mean, I'm always tired this time of year. Um, I think, you know, I think I should have been born a bear. Right? I think it's time for me to go and hibernate, you know, just dig into somewhere and sleep for four or five months. But yeah, it, it's, you know, it's Groundhog Day is what it is. Mm -hmm. 
Do you agree? I, I didn't, with, without a doubt, there, there has been a lot more of Groundhog Day happening over the past two years. And, and so it, it's faster. Like, it's like, wow, I can't believe how fast it's gone by. But also, like, I can tell you that, like, I can't believe how slow things, and it, it's a really weird place. And, and I still say it's, you know, we used to have, like, there, there were, there were events and things that caused stuff to get broken up. And so you had chapters. And I think part of the problem in, in adjusting to what's going on is you don't have, like, there are no chapters to the year. No chapters to the year. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can certainly say there's been some chapters to the year, but it, it just, they feel like they were ages ago because I think what, exactly what you said, Groundhog Day. So what were your chapters to the year? What well, I mean, just like even for example, think of 2021 was the year that we got, like even at the beginning of this year, we didn't even, you, you and I weren't even eligible for vaccines. And if you, I feel like I got my vaccine two years ago now. Okay, so- it sounds now like you're agreeing with me that there are no chapters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess if that's okay, there you go. Like there's lots of things, there's lots of change. Yeah. Again, I mean, I think some of it is, you know, when we used to, you know, I, I think conferences, like you mm -hmm. and I used to go to a fair yep. number of conferences or, or, you know, trips, um, you know, business trips here, the vacation there and the way they, the, you know, those would break down they 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 would create these aspects of chapters right because there'd be something different then we'd get back to routine then there'd be something different go back to routine you know we used to talk you know you could say well wait was that before inbound or was that after inbound that that's an interesting okay okay and, yep and now like there was inbound but but there was no before inbound or after inbound right right and and, and there so, were certainly no drinks had there were well that's not true i did have drinks <laughs> i did have i did have a tribute Monday night, I um, didn't have as many drinks, but yes. um, but yeah, so, so, you know, like there's that, and I don't know, I, I, I've talked to some people who agree with this, um, haven't talked to many, so this is certainly not scientific. I know um, I was actually kind of excited back in June, I had my first business trip to visit a client um, and it was actually a, a client that we had worked with and I'd visit him many times when he was at a previous company, this was at a new company. So like, I remember I was really looking forward to it. Um, and when I got back, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that again. It was a pain in the ass. So very similar experience. I had to go down to Atlanta uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's where I went. Okay. There you go. And it, maybe it, it's it Atlanta. Just, maybe it's not the it, travel issue. Maybe it's just Atlanta. But well, <laughs> it could be, but it, it it was, I, I got back and, you know, I, I, first and foremost, it like, it was, I was like, damn, I don't want to go on this trip. And then went on the trip, had a good time while I was there. Um, but yeah, it was a pain in the ass. The thing that was weird for me is I was actually looking forward to it. Hey, it'll be fun to get back on the road. I, you know, I, I don't like, I mean, I used to travel all the time and I don't ever want to go back to that, but I, I used, you know, I, I, I didn't like it when okay. I wasn't doing something here and there, like once every, you know, if I, if it was more than six weeks, I'd get antsy. And if it was, I'm sorry, if it was less than six weeks, I'd get antsy. And if it was more than three or four weeks, then it would be, it would begin to be too much to keep up with. Um, so I was looking forward to it, right? Hey, this will be great. We'll have cock, you know, we'll, all, all those things. 
And, and from the, you know, getting the airport, dealing with that, getting through, going to the hotel, getting it, all that. It was just like, oh my God, this, like, I used to, I used to do this all the time. It was, it was like, yeah, you know what? How about I just, how about I just stay at my computer and deliver whatever my message is? And, you know, I, I, I had to make, you know, it was, it was to deal with, like, I, I made a 60 to 90 minute um, update. At, at, at the company's, you know, all hand, you know, their senior executive team, um, whatever. And I'm like, remember thinking like, why, why am I here doing this? Yeah. Like I, I'm, you know, it, it so, so again, so, so it, like, so I, I think, I think that just everything just kind of coalesces into one big sludge. But do you think, do you think part of that is we've all been just so, I don't know, part of me thinks maybe people are becoming, because we've had to work in these kind of remote environments for so long that the we're not as familiar with that travel that like we used to become desensitized to it because I used to travel all the time as well and you you eventually start just it's hey it's part of the process like this is and so one I don't know are people becoming I would assume probably more and more people are going to become more introverted um, but two, some of those things that are not part of the process also create some levels of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think that you have, and we're becoming less, less capable of dealing with the anxiety because it's not part of our process. It's not part of our daily process. Like how much does your day change? You wake up, take a shower, work out, sit at your computer for hours upon hours, you know, it's, I don't know. We, we we are in a lot of instances in the business world. We've we've been taken. We don't get taken out of our comfort zone as much as we used to. I think you probably woven three or five different elements in into that. I I don't know that I agree. That you know there we we certainly and I, and I know that there's some. I saw some research the other day that's beginning to come out on this. Um, and, and it's part of the underlying issue of like why there's so much more um, violence when people are traveling is that we have, have not socialized frequently and we've lost a lot of the antenna of how to socialize. And, and, and certainly that, you know, I, I know that was, I mean, that's definitely a piece of, of you know, for me. The, the thing when you talk about remote, you know, I'm, I'm a good laboratory of one because the remote aspect was not new for me like that you know that was one of my big advantages when when everything when the shit started hitting the fan was that it was no change we we were already set we already did 90 percent of what we did on zoom before that we did it on the phone so i you know I, i'd already worked from home um i think one of the things that happened is on the on the client side and I, I mean i can't tell you how many clients i've had where the ceo talked about how 2020 ended up being a great year for them profitably, not necessarily because revenue was super, super high, though they got, you know, they certainly had revenue growth, but that expenses were low because no one traveled. And right. they're like, you know, and and hey, guess what? Everything still worked. Like, you know, you know, DC, D David Can Cancel talks about this at Drift. He he was he was anti non-office. I mean, he he wasn't just like preferable, he was against you can't have a development team and how many tech companies you can't build product 
without being together, right? And, oh, whoops, well, that went out. So I, I think that that there were things that we thought, well, we have to do this. And all of a sudden we found out, well, wait, it can still work. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, th I think we've gotten more. So, so we, yeah, we were definitely, when I was traveling regularly, I was desensitized to, to those things. I was used to it. And now being back into it, it was like, ah. I know a lot of people who are actually that are extroverts and they're like, they went to some event and it's all of a sudden they're like, wait, these people are less interesting. And it's not that they're any less interesting. It was just like, you know, <laughs> they weren't, they weren't all that interesting to begin with. Right. You know, and, and, um, you know, and it's like, Oh, I, I think I want to go home. I mean, I, I think it's a different type of, of how you get taken out of your comfort zone. Um, I mean, you probably deal with this more than I do. And I, well, I mean, you actually, I don't, I don't know if you're at your office, but I know you went out and got an office Yeah. for you because you, um, because of that mix of everything going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, it, it's different things. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I worked from home for 14 years, but, or shoot, no longer than that, 17 years. But then I finally just said, you know what, I got to get there's too much going on with kids, you know, and that's why I ultimately did it. So, so what does the end of the year mean to business? What does it mean to sales and marketing? Um, well, we, I remember we talked about this last year. It's a time to a little bit to, well, well guess what? It's this year now, right? It's, you know, reflect what, and, 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 kind of just put a stake in the ground of, of some planning. Um, in fact, that's what I've been doing a majority of this week is, is planning some initiatives for, for next year and uh, had to dive completely into them. Um, so took a little bit of your advice on that of, you know, kind of using it as a, uh, a new starting point. Should sales and marketing teams change their tactics, change their strategy for end of the year? Depends on the business line. Um, I mean, a lot of organizations obviously run on quarters, years, months, um, and a lot of buyers have been preconditioned to ask for those types of things, end of year discounts, et cetera. I mean, even as us as consumers, look at, I mean, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, you know, Cyber Monday deals are still being extended. Should you change your tactics? Uh, again, I, I guess it's business business specific. Thank you. What do you, uh, what do, you do? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you for for instance. So we closed a very very. It's, it's the largest deal in our company's history. Um, about forty days ago, so with a massive, massive, how, massive how enterprise. What's that? How big was it? Who was it? Uh, I'm, I can't disclose that information um, well, you because, can. Of, because, well, physically I can't capable. Uh, physically capable. Yes. Um, so listeners want to know they, they outsource this. And, and so part of the deal was the terms were net 90. And for most organizations, net 90 is not going to fly. Um, it, it affects your DSOs it, or your DSO numbers. If you're either, you know, publicly traded, et cetera. Okay. So tell everybody what DSO means. Delinquent sales order, um, like things over net 30. Um, if a company doesn't pay you over net 30, that that's usually a ding against you. Uh, and it's called a delinquent sales order. Um, or going outside of standard terms and conditions and standard terms typically tend to be 30 to 45 days. Um, so they set it at net 90 and we said, okay. But then they have this firm that will call you and say, hey, 
we'll actually pay you the invoice. And I'm like, I thought this was their procurement department trying to get an extended discount after the deal was closed. But no, they contract through this company. And I was talking to the salesperson. They said, oh, yeah, all you got to do is just like cut off a few percentage and we'll pay you the whole thing right now. And I said, no, like that's that's real money. Like I, I have zero desire. And she's like, she couldn't believe it. She said, well, you could get the cash for the end of the year. And I said, like, that's, that means nothing to my business. Um, I don't, I, I'm not, I, I'm not either publicly traded. I'm not, I, while we are a cash, you know, cash is important. I can still make payroll. Right? Actually, like, actually, if you were publicly traded, it would be less meaningful because if you're publicly traded, you would, you would have to accrue it anyway. So well, that 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 is true because of the, the the fact that it's a subscription a subscription model, et cetera. Um, yeah, but so how does that like so connect the dots to like what what should I'm I'm listening to this? It's coming to the end of the year. What should I be thinking about differently? How should I be thinking about it differently? Should I do anything differently? Um, again, let's bring it's, it back. It, let's bring it back my to, my whole point was it's business it's business specific. Like this lady, this salesperson could not believe that I didn't want the cash right now. But that's because she didn't understand my business model. But the salesperson? The salesperson, the salesperson for... Aren't, weren't they buying? They were. I'm talking about the salesperson for the company trying to sell me to get onto their platform to get the cash early. Oh, you're... It's more or less we're factoring. Okay. Right. Or is this pipe? No, 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 no. It's none of that. No, none of that. They I mean this this one company deals with Yeah, okay. All right. Global, so, oh, okay, let's let okay, hold on. So let's go let, let's go back. Let's go back to let, let's get you on topic, Mike. Come on. If I if I was there, I'd I'd give you a shake. Come on, let's wake up. All right. Yeah, so someone tried to sell you something stupid at a stupid time because they didn't understand your business. And and basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to sell to people who have cash flow problems. Got it. Great. I'm not sure like how that connected to the big company, but I'm excited that you landed your biggest deal ever. Well, no, that landed. that that actually was so you you that wasn't the point. The point what you asked the question, should I change should my sales and marketing tactics? Marketing. And then you talked about and what a salesperson tried to sell you. It depends. I understand the type of business. I understand. I understand. And then you gave an example of someone tried to sell you something to which uh, I don't so, know how that connects to what you should do as a salesperson or marketing person. Well, they clearly come to the podcast. They, they could not to Doug and Mike they fight. Could not they could not. No, I understand that. I understand that, Mike, but that's not. Business. But but this is not on topic. Just so we're clear, I get it. it the salesperson it, it, doesn't it understand your business. No, because you're not changing your sales or marketing tactic there. They're trying to sell you a financial engineered thing that doesn't make sense. I get that. They they would, right? I but isn't I get that. everybody that that's what these companies do that are trying to offer end of year incentives, end of year discounts? Is they're trying to financially engineer a deal to meet no, their time? No, no, no. If I'm if if I decide to offer an end of the year discount, I'm trying to get you to buy by giving you a reason to buy. Like if, 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 you know, I, I, I offer it to people, right? If you want to pay up front and I'm sure you offer it to people, yeah, we, if we I do pay you by the month, if I pay you by the month, I'm going to pay more, right? If I pay you up front, you're going to give me a discount and, yep. and, and that's not really a discount. You're going to give me a lower fee. It, it, 
helps for I mean, a you're talking about net present value money and with interest rates going back up that will soon mean something. Um, it also helps to reduce churn all, all those all those different elements so. But so if I'm going, if I, you know, if we're at the end of the month, the end of the quarter, the end of the year, and I offer you a discount as a salesperson, I'm not financially engineering. I'm trying to incentivize you to buy because you're not giving anything up as the buyer in the discount. What this person was selling you, you were giving something up, right? You were giving up cash to be able to get all the money today. And that's a net present value calculation that you decided, no, it's not worth the amount of money that I that I would have to give up, I can gladly wait. And by the way, what they clearly didn't understand about your business is you don't want to get paid anything this month if you can help it, because that goes onto your on, onto your corporate tax return this year instead of hey, pay me on January first, and it can go on my corporate tax return that I file in 2023. So you're, you'd actually be happy to defer money, I'm sure. Like if I said to you, could I pay you next month instead of this month? You would gladly say yes. Correct. Right. So I get that. That was a bad salesperson selling a bad thing to you. But now I'm a salesperson. Should I offer discounts? Like, should I offer an end of the year discount? Let's go there. Should I offer an end of the year discount? I, I, I don't know what your comp plan. I don't know what your structure is. I don't know if you're on a PIP. I don't, I mean, that's just a, I, I don't know how your company's doing as a whole. Is end of the year discounting for a company? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Um, it certainly sets a precedence. I mean, discounting as a whole is a is a challenging conversation. Okay, so we're going to change the conversation from end of the year. This, this, okay, we're going to. I'm going to find some meat here somewhere, Mike. You're like, you're like. I'm just trying. No, I'm just trying to make it difficult for you because you're you're you asking. succeed. You're, you're asking an open. You're doing a good question, job. and I'm giving you an open ended answer. So, your opinion on dis is discounting good or bad? It depends. On what? On what your one, what your press, what your uh, what your business structure is, what your how does business um, structure impact? I'm asking. I'm not challenging. I'm asking. If if you don't need to discount, when you discount, there is there is clearly a lack of disconnect between a customer and a and 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 the seller. So so then discounting is bad. It's not that it depends. Discounting is bad. It might be something you need to from I'm putting words in your mouth. Tell me if you agree with these or not. You know, you may need to do that because if the disconnect is there, the cost of the disconnect is greater than the cost of the discount. So yes, you should discount in situation. You're not saying never discount, but with what you just said, you are saying discounting is bad. Yes. Okay. So it doesn't depend. And I'm not saying this to give you shit, though. I don't mind that it's giving you shit at the same time. It's not that it depends. Discounting is bad. Good. I'm glad you said that because I totally disagree. Okay. I think discounting is a tactical decision. And that's a that's a more of a depends answer. Well, so so I I have absolutely positively 100% no problem with discounting whatsoever. Um and and there's lots of different types of discounting. Like there's furniture store discounting. Right? Furniture discounting is you take whatever the furniture is out of the box. You paid $500 for it. You give it a list price of $1,500 and you sell it for 33% off at $1,000, right? That's right. That's because the discounting. You, right. that's, because, that's because customers have become, we as human beings have become that, that we expect to get something. Well, well you and have- we've, we've trained yeah, consumer sure. behavior. 
No. So I'm not saying no, 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 no. no. Absolutely no. No, no. Humans. Who, so, who so here, gets excited and says, you know what? I bought this new product and guess what? I paid full price for it. Unless you're buying Gucci or something like that, you've got all the money in hold the on, world. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Correct. But we didn't train humans on that. That's how humans are. What is this sofa worth? Whatever, I don't know. Somebody's willing to pay for it. Right. But that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> no, so, true. I mean, and by the way, if anybody wants to wants to dig into this, and I don't know if you've read any of his stuff, you should, is Dan Airely on, I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he, he is the genius on the, the strategy behind pricing, right? Um, so by, by giving it a list price of $1,500 and giving you a third off, I'm giving you the ability to judge value and feel like you're getting a good exchange in that, that you're getting value for that exchange. Because I don't want to spend $1,500 for something that's worth $1,500. That, that's a bad economic decision, right? It, so if totally, I spend it, to, to, right? Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and so, you know, we are irrational. And so pricing is a signal. And, and by the way, when you're selling intangible products and services, pricing is the most tangible element of what you're doing. And so to, to say discounting is, you know, to say discounting is bad is to take out an element you know, a very powerful lever of of that signal. For example, and, so, I, and, and I've done also this. you put you did you did put that word in my mouth of it's bad. I said it depends. Yeah, no, I said, but then you said, well, it went. Then you, you said, said I just agreed with you if, because I wanted to hear what you had to say. Hold on, you then said, if you're discounting, that means there's a disconnect between buyer and seller. Mm -hmm. And so I would like you to tell me when the when the condition that there's a disconnect between buyer and seller is good, because if well, a discount not, is a sign of a if a discount is a sign of a disconnect between the buyer and the seller, and it depends, discounting could be good or bad, then that means there has to be a time that a disconnect between buyer and seller is good. I'd like you to tell me when that when is a disconnect between buyer and seller good. Well, not all. I mean, it's it's one of those things we talk about all the time. It's not all friction is not all friction is bad. Okay, but and I'm not, not asking about friction. I'm asking about a disconnect between buyer and seller. That's not. I mean, that might be a type of friction. I would throw that in the category of that is bad friction. That's bad friction all the time. And as okay, so I would let's say just say somebody furniture. comes to you and says, "Hey, Doug, you know what? I really like what you're doing, but these guys over here, they're they're offering me the same package. Ooh. You offer me ten grand a month." Um, and these guys over here offer me five grand a month, kind of are the same. And okay, that's, a, bad that's an discount, a bad discount would be you saying, okay, I'll give it to you for five grand. Yeah, sure. I, but that, that's an example of there's a disconnect. Right. Okay. So tell me where the disconnect is that I'm in the furniture store. I take my $500 sofa, let's price it at 1500 and sell it at 33% off. Where's the disconnect? Well, if you were in a Gucci store, there's a, I guess. Okay, so hold on, hold on. So Gucci, remember, price is a signal. Yeah. So if I'm a Mercedes dealership, no, you're, you're actually going to, you know, if, if I'm, well, actually Mercedes doesn't even really apply. So if I'm buying a, a Lamborghini, I'm going to brag th about that it's a $350,000. I spent $400,000 on it because it is in such demand and so many people want it that, right, again, pricing is a signal. Yeah.
That, right? okay. But I'm, okay. I'm going to that. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so that so that discount isn't is in alignment with. Let, let me give you a different scenario. Hey, I learned about you. I really like what's going on. Um, rather than us going through this whole big ass due diligence, whatever, how about you give me 20% off and I sign for a year right now? Do you do that? Yeah, I would do that in a yeah, I would do that. I would do, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Right. Right. And why would you do that in a heartbeat? Because you know what? My sales costs would be more than 20%. So if you're going to make right. it easier and it's going to be equitable, then I have no problem with that. Yep. And that's right. See? right. Going back to depends. So, yep. Well, but, but I, and I, so, so what you did is what I see people do when they talk about discounting all the time, which is they say it depends. And then they say something like, well, it's a sign of a disconnect between right. Where again, if you realize discounting is tactical, right? There's nothing wrong with it. Now, why are you doing it? Absolutely, I agree, it is situational, right? If I'm doing it because, um, you know, if someone were to say to me, well, this person over here is giving me the same package, right? That That's a sign of, of a much bigger problem, right? Because it's physically impossible to get the same package from two different organizations that do what we do, right? I mean, it, it might be the same list of services, but it's not, right? And 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 so, okay, and, and I would agree, that is a sign of a disconnect. And if I'm winning business because of that discounting, right? I, I advise companies in certain industries that they need to go in with a price above their real price. And the reason is the nature of the industry that they're in, the nature of the conditions that exist, there's going to be a negotiation, right? And, and so I know that I'm gonna come into a procurement situation and I'm gonna come into somebody who's, whose job it is to demonstrate what, you know, that, that they're watching out for the good of their, of their company, right? But let me ask you this, someone says to me, someone comes to you and says, I want you to do this, um, it's a new thing, um, and you decide, oh yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. You give them, you say, I'll charge you X for it. And they go, okay, yeah, great. Where do I sign? What do you, how do you feel? Well, I feel good, but I probably also feel like I left money on the table. You feel like shit. Cause you're like, God damn it. I left money on the table. Right. <laughs> right. And so, so what, what happens on the buy side, right? There's an emotional element to know, how do I know that I've hit the floor? Correct. Absolutely. Right? How do I know yep. that I've hit the floor? Right. Yep. So, so you there's got to be a place where you push me away right and and i so i realize and so again i advise some companies to go in with a planned discount right um sometimes you show it up in advance and and and, and again in the same thing it allows for a you know an understanding of value and the feeling that hey i'm getting something equitable right so so when you're doing it in a pre-planned way then then i'm all for it now i do think you have to be careful you have to be careful also because what happens if I go buy a piece of software and I've actually called you about this before. I go buy some software from a vendor and I come to right, you and I say, I'm going, oh, that's God, right. I found it. You, you run the same software and you're like, yeah, I got a 45% discount. And I'm like, what? How the, how the hell did you pull that no, off? I, I got a 10% I and now Correct. I feel like shit. Correct. Now that, I don't that, trust that sales rep. I don't well, trust that company. Yeah. Their tactics, I don't trust any of that. Yeah, and 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 now I would agree with you that I think that there are industries, and the SaaS industry is one of them that has trained you. You know, wait till the end of the month. Better yet, end of the quarter. By the way, 
if you're going to buy a car, wait till the end of the quarter to buy a car. Don't buy a car on the second of a new quarter, right? Bad time to do that. You know, and, and, you know, here, here's an interesting question. Is that an example? So here, let me ask you this question. This SaaS company has trained me to wait till the end of the quarter to buy. So I wait till the end of the quarter, come in and I get my discount. Mm -hmm. Is that bad? Uh, not necessarily, not necessarily. Exactly. But what happens if you go to me who I was used to paying, you know, buying at the first two weeks of the month? No, there, there, there's definitely an issue of, of on the customer experience. And I, and I think I've told the story before I was working with a VP of sales who said to me, I I think it was like a $2,000 a month thing. And he said, look, I don't want to waste my, I mean, me spending here talking to you, I think we were talking about like a 40% discount is what he wanted. He's like, he said, Doug, look, the last thing in the world I want to do is spend time for something that when it's all in, it's going to be $9,600. $9,600 isn't even a rounding error for us. The problem is I need to demonstrate to my boss and I need yeah. to be confident in my boss that he doesn't go somewhere and, and tell somebody that I'm spending, you know, we're spending $2,000 and they say, oh, I'm only spending 1200. And then he comes to me and says, what the hell, right? Um, so, so the danger is when that is prevalent in your industry, you, you, you do have a customer experience thing as things scale. Um, I'm not convinced it actually, I don't know if it actually has impact. I think people complain about it. I don't, I think like, I don't believe you and I'm mad, I'm, I'm mad, I bitch. And then I renew because I think what, what, what actually happens. So, so again, it's, it's, I think that. And we'll tie this to this year, you know, to, to the end of the year is, you know, discounting, which is kind of the big thing, running special campaigns. It, it, it's fine to do. Well, you know what? You come into the, you, you come into this, it's probably a little bit late now, but you come into your fourth quarter. And if you're behind and, and the numbers for this year matter for a reason, then yeah, you do want to do some things. Um, it is time to adjust. I, I would also say that the lesson that I've learned is there's nothing like, mid-November into December to finish business that was started. And there's nothing worse than trying to start business in November and December. So one tactical thing that I would do differently is in your new, in your new conversation efforts, you want to plant seeds right now, right? What you should have been doing from about candidly from May. So I think you come out of the gate and you've got to sprint to May. And then from May, you're basically setting up your fourth quarter. Overarching, that's kind of the, the theme and rhythm, uh, um, and rhythm of, of sales and marketing with, with some level of deviation on, on fiscal, but not as much as most people think. If, if you have companies that have fiscal years of September, you know, you, you certainly want to be aware of budgeting cycles and, and there are things that happen there, but you know, the new year is a new time. It is, you know, it's, it's a finishing and cleaning up of, so even people that are on, um, you know, September fiscal years, you know, they don't, they don't go into August and it's, you know, they, they might clean up financially, right. Use up my budget, yep. et cetera, but they're not, Hey, let's get this project finished. Like they are, you know, they still have December is the end and January is a new beginning. So what I would say is align to the biorhythms of your market from a discounting and communication standpoint. And I'll finish and I'll tell you, I'm really scared about planning for next year. I'm really not looking forward to my dashboard next year. Cause man, when I look at what we're going to have to compare to next year, especially for this year, where, I mean, we, 
in June, we had, we were basically ahead of everything we had done last year. Right. So I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying this, like just blow away, look at my dashboards, everything. And now I'm going to be like, Oh shit. Now, now we've got some stuff that we have to compare to. So I'm a little nervous. So, and, and again, that's awesome. But so on the discounting front, I mean, we probably should like, I think it would be a fun conversation to have a longer full conversation about purely discounting, but what about consistency? I mean, because there's, there's, there's a couple of things that, that, that drive discounting and where things start to get out of whack internally at companies, you know, it all depends on, you know, obviously it depends on how many salespeople you have and the, the, the compensation plans. And uh, like, I'll give you a, for instance, we had this new VP of sales come in. He had this great idea that we wanted to try and you know, he always knew that the buyer behavior was going to be, you know, the end of the quarter. And so he said, you know, we, we're just closing far, far too much of our business in the last month of every quarter. So we want to front load as much, you know, business as we can. So we're going to give you all of you sales reps kickers to close business more at the, at the front end of the quarter. And then you'll move to your normal comp plan at the end of the quarter. And so what all of us did was well, we were like, we go to customers because he thought the buyer behavior dictated everything. And what we would do is we would go to the customer and say, hey, I'm just telling you, wait till the first two weeks of next quarter. And no, I, well, so well they, hold on, hold on. He, he wasn't wrong in he, his diagnosis. He was wrong in his prescription. Right. Well, true, true. And, and now, now here, I'll tell you something else. Okay. Here's my question why did moving the business up into earlier months why did that matter why do you care that all the business was coming in the last month there, now, there was a lot there was a lot of pressure on on on, on the business okay well so we so have, we, we have to make sure we like because you got cogs you got you know hey we've got to build stuff to, and and at the end of the quarter just got cost, absolutely crazy it it, 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 it it just got okay. crazy fulfilling the orders. Okay, it got crazy. So you had, oper so it created operational. Operational, operational, okay. massive so operational. So guess what? Guess what? You thought you were pulling one on him. He was pulling one on you. Uh, no, because he didn't last very long because because okay, the, but, the executive team didn't like that strategy very much. Okay, but, but, but here's, so if I see that we have a fulfillment problem and it's creating these costs, Right. So he handled it badly, but you know what? And I've done this many times, right? I create this environment where you sandbag, but what I know is our total cost of operation will, will lower if we can. So the fact that you defer it from the end of the quarter to the next month, and that alleviates and has other cost benefits to that. If, if the way that I motivate a sales rep to do that is I give you a kicker to think that you're putting one over on me by telling somebody to wait, and the reality is this utilizes my capacity better. It reduces bottlenecks. My total costs of operations are better Then actually that's a great idea. So that was badly executed. Right. And, and, and maybe what he should have done is been far more open about that and, and far more open with the whole organization to understand why this mattered and, and how the company could perform and deliver better and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. Right? A little but, bit but, more but there's an example, but there's an example that you like, Again, inherently that looks stupid, but in reality, no, that's actually the behavior that I want, right? I mean, the, the you know, Jack Welch got credit for doing a lot of things well that, that he did not do well, but one of the great things he did 
was the be number one, number two, fix, sell, or eliminate. And all the executives thought they were pulling one over because they started creating these arbitrary definitions of what their market was. So like they were number four in the market, uh, were the number four jet engine. So our market is really um, mid-sized regional aircraft, right? Ha, 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 ha. Because we're the only engine for them. Like I'm making, I don't remember these, right? Ha, 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 pulled one over on you. Well, what one, two, fix, sell, or eliminate was, was, you know, my principle, narrow the focus, expand the yield. As you tightened the market and you became the leader in there, and they started defining that as the market. So we're not, we're not a jet engine market. We're a regional jet engine market. Well, we have the best regional jet engine. We have the most reliable. We start getting a premium on it. And so again, everyone thought that they were pulling one over on them. When in fact, that's what he wanted them to do was define the market smaller. And he did that for about 10 years, right? It hit, it hit its ceiling. And what no one ever talks about, not Owen, but what few people talk about is he then updated it to redefine your market so that you have so that you have no more than 25% share. Right. But phase one was to maximize the market cap capability by narrowing the market. Then they won all of that to continue the growth. Then of course he did a whole bunch of financial engineering and other shit that is, you know, horrible and bad, et cetera. But again, my point is that that's that's an example where if you look at it on the surface, you go, ha ha ha, isn't that stupid? But when you understand the holistic nature of it, all of a sudden, sometimes those things actually do make sense. And that's what I mean by be purposeful. Yeah. Artie. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. How's everybody doing? All right. This is our last uh, episode of the year. So, Hannah, what do you got? All right. If there's one piece of advice that you could give someone else going into 2022, what would it be? Doug, I always go first. You go, you go this keep, time. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Watch Project Possible. You don't know who said that? You don't know that, no. I, didn't, that I didn't make that no, up? No, I did not. That's how it. Casey Kasem used to um, end every Sunday's America's Top 40. I did not know that. So, so what's your advice? Um, prepare, but hey, next year is going to probably be another kind of wild, wild ride in all aspects of life and, and business. Yeah. So, so my advice is hang on tight. So let, let, let's try to make it a little bit more meaningful than that. What, what are you telling your team? Um, next year's our year, man. Okay. So a lot, a lot, a lot going on, a lot changing. The digital world is just continuing to get more and more complex. Let's, let's prepare and, 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 and make 2022 our, 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 our year. We've so now I'm, been I'm, at this for almost eight years. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play the voice of, of the listener because I know for a lot of years early in business, I heard that mm -hmm. and and I went with it, but it, it didn't translate. So what does that mean? Next year is gonna be our year. Um and again, I don't mean to put you on the spot. This is not no, 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 no. But, that, but, that's that's but, fine. But have you ever had a year? I, I was joking. Um so I, I had the opportunity to go on a on a um, pre-inaugural cruise. So basically they test the cruise ship out before they open it to the public. Um, cause my brother does some stuff in the business and, and it was with NCL and NCL is the number three cruise line. It's mm -hmm. carnival Royal Caribbean NCL. And, you know, the head up there, you know, they do all the speeches and the head of sales talks about, you know, 
and we've got the best damn sales team in the world. And I turned over to my brother and I said, I want the VP of sales who comes up and says, and we've got the fourth best sales team in the world. <laughs> right. Um, so like you, like you haven't gone into any year and said next year is not our year. So when you say next year is our year, what, what does that mean? So, and I, I actually have gone into that feeling before. Um, and, and it has been with seven cents. And what I mean by that is things that we put in place three years ago, decisions that we made three years ago, we're finally starting to see some amazing light at the end of that tunnel. Right, right. And the, 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 there is also this whole the world, the, the world is finally waking up that email, if you want to do it right. And again, this is specific to my business, email it, treated like a commodity, okay. you get commodity like results. And more and more organizations are raising their hand and saying, how can I do this better? And we've been doing this for seven years and the product just continue has like, has evolved significantly over that time frame, And now we've got this market shift that I think we can take advantage of. Whereas before, this year, so, we saw a little bit of okay. it, and we're seeing more and more momentum okay. pick up. So now, so now, as somebody in your company, what do I do with that? Well, we're, you know, more or less <laughs> double down on what's been working over the past eight months. Don't get distracted. Don't look after the shiny new things, which you, you and I've had those conversations for okay. years, where okay. you always said, Mike, you focus too much on the shiny new thing, and let's go do this or let's go do that. And it's like, no, let's just double down and stay maniacally focused. And we have some goals that we are staying maniacally focused on. I like that you stole maniacally from me. Um, I don't think I did. But that's yeah, it. you did. Because people don't, I, I've used the term for years and I actually know who I stole it from. And anyways, um, Brad Tolkien is who I took it from. He was making a speech and he said, we're we're maniacally focused. I'm like, I like that. Mani I like that. Um, so here's what I don't like about double down. It, it says give 110%. Well, and everybody's already been more. giving 110%. No, they haven't. No one has given okay. 110%. Okay. Uh, Do you disagree? I, 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 well, well, they can't give 110. There you go. You mathematically, can't give 110%. they can't. Exactly. Exactly. You cannot right. give 110%. Okay. okay. Right. Okay. Right. okay. Okay. Um, and, and I would say you, you can't actually give 100%, but that's fine. Give 100% of what you have here, right? But right. so if I'm giving 110% and you say double down, now I think an organization can say we're doubling down, right? But if you're going to say we're doubling down, then you better double down, which means like, where's what's, what's been doubled, right? And, and, and so the reason that I say that is I think that there's so much, like, so this would be my advice as we come into the end of the year where we're motivated to say things like keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars which I don't know what the hell that means, but you apparently liked it, um, is, you know, th this is where, and I hear it all the time with executives who are like, I don't understand why, why people aren't getting it and et cetera, is we say things like give 110%, we say things like double down, which, so I can't actually do that. So it becomes a platitude. And then, and then I don't know what oh, to tell the difference it. between X and Y. Yep. Right. And, and so like, so my, the way I, where I was going to bring my advice to, which I think now aligns very much to what you were saying is, and I think going into 2023, 2022, 2022, I'm already in 2023, man, going into 2022, um, 
is is be really clear on what your core is. Um, FOMO is real and getting stronger, right? The number of people that I'm hearing, should I should I get into NFTs? This that it's like, hey, you know what? I mean, someone read some someone told me, Doug, you look, man, you're not taking cyber. Um, holy, what am I going? Cryptocurrency, sorry. You're you're not taking cryptocurrency seriously enough. You're gonna miss. You're, you're, you're going to miss a big, big, big move if you don't start taking it seriously. And I said to him, you know what? We can add that to the list of big, big, big moves that I've missed. And, and, and by the way, if I had, like if I was Mark Cuban and I had $10 billion sitting over here, I might be worried about missing a big, big, big move because I have the big resources to take advantage of it, right? But it's like... You know, when I was a financial advisor, I used to tell people all the time, you get wealthy by doing what you do. You don't get wealthy by the market. What the market does is it, pre it preserves your wealth. It, pre it preserves the power of your wealth. And, and, and so again, it, it, it's the same thing. So like your message is, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing next year, right? It's nose to the grindstone, keep moving forward, don't be distracted and, and don't lose faith. Right. And, and I'm in the same place that you are, you know, things that we started doing three years ago, really, truly paying off. And we had lots of reasons and we were tempted many times to, to zig or zag or adjust. And, and people looked at what we were doing and said, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand. And it's like, yep, OK, I understand. But we were focused on our core. And I think the noise is going to get louder. I think the um, I think the volatility is going to get bigger. I think the FOMO is going to get stronger. I think the anxiety is going to multiply and it really requires. So my, my advice above everything else is have a strong internal measurement system so you can measure progress, not perfection and, and measure you to yourself. Um, I had a coach, Dan Sullivan, who talked about um, you, you two versus you one. Right, so three months from now, it's U2, compare it to U1 today. The fact that that guy over there tripled what you did, who cares, right? Are you making progress? Are you moving forward? And that does mean, and I think this is a equally big thing, you can't be focused if you're not clear on what's that next milestone. Where are you going? Where do you wanna be? Be clear about that, be focused on the path, don't let all the noise and shit get in the way. And you do that, you'll have as happy uh, 2022 as you can. You know, the caveat being shit happens. Yep. But you know what? If you do what I'm talking about here, if shit happens, it, you know, that could be bad. It could even be devastating. But if you do what I'm talking about, it will be as good as it could be given this shit happening. I promise you that if cryptocurrency isn't core to what you're doing right now and shit happened, it wouldn't have been all okay if you had just paid attention to cryptocurrency and jumped into NFTs. And I'm not saying don't get into cryptocurrency and NFTs if that's core to you, but that's what my focus is, is be focused on the core, have, have a good internal measurement system and don't pay attention to all the bullshit that's happening around you. So I'll simplify what you just said. And it's something that I came up with to simplify um, kids sports, uh, and, 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 and it's specifically around batting. And that is don't focus on the outcome, focus on the process. Mm -hmm. 
I got that from you, dude. I know. But it is one of my most famous lines now in both football and baseball. The kids are like, ah, I get it. Well, yeah, I mean. Focus, don't focus on the outcome. Focus on the process. What what you want to have in 2022 is you want to have a good at-bat. Yeah. Right? Focus on the at-bat. Did you have a good at-bat? Did you you do what you intended to do? Um, the, The challenge is. To have a good at bat, you need you need to define what a good at bat is. You know, to yep. focus on the process, you need to have a process defined. And you know, and far too often, you know, you know, there's the old saying, you can't control the wind, but you can adjust the set of your sails. You know, far too often we're letting the winds take us where we go. And and when you do that, you can't focus on process because there's no process to focus on. But right? I mean, right. I agree with you, I agree with you completely. Um, so you know, th- those are the two places. Um, and then, you know what, here's the other thing. And it gets back to discounting. It gets back to client satisfaction. It gets back like to all these things. Like it, when I, I can define 99% of situations, I can define them as being successful or as being failures just by what angle do I look at it? Right. And, and, and so, you know, having that clarity of focus, framing up what you're doing, you know what, if you're getting where you need to go, the fact that you're only doing 10% of what you meant to do, God bless you. Like, if discounting isn't getting in the way of your progress, then you know what, that you you can deal with it later, right? There, there's so often that we get lost into the, you know, I'm not using all of this tool, right? Okay, great. Is the part of the tool that you're using getting the job done? Then who cares? Right. <laughs> And with that, we will wish everybody a happy and healthy end of the year. Uh, I'm looking forward to 2022, though I do need to say that I think that, oh man, actually 2022 is going to be a whole lot of the same of 2021 and um, with a little bit of craziness mixed in. How about that? It's going to be 2021 with craziness mixed in, like 2021, (laughs) because let's not forget We've got what is probably going to be just a shit show of an election. Yeah. It's going to start taking over the news in February and March. So that again goes back to focus on your core. Don't let the shit show happen. Don't listen to the noise. It's there's like you said, the noise is just continuing to increase and learn to shut it off. And I know it's hard to do, but learn to shut it off. Mike, have a happy, healthy new year. You do the same. Thank you, Doug. 